fans and rule of the galaxy fans um it is joe in the pilot seat and just like we recently had mr mark molcaster of the Fanthatrax podcast and site on with us of course he was all the way from england uh today we're going to do another just one-on-one as i like to say fireside chats we're not in a hot tub like other people that i know who do their talks in a hot tub but um we're, we're just gonna have some fun with Friend of the show, friend of me, friend of everybody in the Star Wars community, uh, the most listened to man in South Georgia radio, Mr. Scott Rifen. Scott, how are you? Uh, I was promised there'd be a hot tub. <laughs> That's I, the other guy. I'm a little, yeah, well, I came, I don't know if you noticed this, I came in my Speedos. I did notice. Because I was preparing for the hot tub. Yeah, I, I noticed. And, and um, yeah, I don't know where to go with you being in Speedos, but... No hot tub today. So put the robe back like on. The, yeah. I also like the uh, friend to everyone in the Star Wars. There are people who hate me. <laughs> there are people who hate. And I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know what I did other than have opinions. But that, I mean, hate. You know, uh, my son does a podcast on auto racing. And he always mm-hmm. says yellow breeds yellow and in mm-hmm. races. I think hate breeds hate, you know. Um, so those people probably already have hate in their heart. And they just started with hate. Yeah. And they finished with hate. Correct. And that makes sense. They try to give that hate out to everyone else to get it back to them. And and honestly, we're all about love here at Rule the Galaxy. And that's so antithetical to Jedi teaching. True. They must be Sith. Yeah. That's 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 the only explanation. The only explanation. How have you been, by the way? I've I've been doing well. I've been doing well, been keeping busy. I I did take a break. Um, I've missed a couple of our regular shows just because some things I have going in the evening. But, you know, I always like to say, you know, the Beatles didn't have one lead guy. They had four leads while the Rolling Stones had one lead. I say the Rule of Galaxy is like the Beatles. We've got four leads here. We can any of them lead a show. So they've been doing a great job when I've missed the main shows. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but we'll be getting back into the swing of things starting next week because we're prepping for the ICCC in Nashville. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to have us all together to, to plan for that and then discuss when we get back. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I took a quick vacation. My wife and I jumped down to Gulf Shores, Alabama, um, uh-huh. which I'd never been to before. Uh, it was nice, but I will let you know for anyone who's in the v- vacation planning mode, I liked it, but I really, really like Destin, Florida better. And they're right there on the coast and not too far from each other. So my my words of wisdom to you would be spend a little bit extra money, go to go to Destin. So what was the difference? I mean, why was Destin why is Destin better than Gulf Shores? I think the beach, believe it or not, is actually better. Uh Gulf Shores is a little more slanted, a little more drop off, a little darker sand. Destin a little bit more whiter sand and very flat going out. You know, you can walk out uh to the water on it um but the strip uh, strip by the hotels in Destin it is just covered with bars restaurants stores all that and plus a lot of them are on the water right you can mm-hmm. sit and have a nice dinner looking out over the water um gulf shores i didn't feel like offered the same amount of of any of those things um okay. so but, that know, was but some would recognize that as a positive wouldn't they I mean, that's, there wasn't much there, you know, because we wanted to get away from everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the beach was fine. We enjoyed our mm-hmm. beach time, but we're kind of, you know, we're kind of those ones who are like, okay, we're going to spend our time at the beach, but then we're going to bounce around and do some things. And it was yeah. just a little further back okay. to go do so, things in Gulf Shores. So you're my wife on vacation. Got it. Okay. <laughs> just wanna, it's like, we, you know, we, we do Disney like every other summer. We do nine days at Disney usually. Yeah. 
except in 2020 when they were reopening from COVID and we did 11 days. Um, but we, we usually do nine days and, and our strategy is there are four parks. So we do one full park day. So mm -hmm. day one is travel day. Two is parks, four is parks, six is parks, eight is parks, nines go home. Uh, that means that three, five, and seven are supposed to be rest days. And so I was like, oh, let's rest on that day. And yes. And then we're worn out at the end of a park day. And I'll say, we're just going to rest, right? We're going to stay around the hotel room and just rest, right? She, oh yes. Yes. I'm too tired to do anything. And then the next morning by seven o'clock, she is dressed, yanking me out of bed. Like, Come on, let's go do something. Let's go. Come on. We got to get going. So, uh, you're uh, telling me that you, you guys are my wife on vacation. She can't, well, she can't I am. she's got I this hate, motor just yeah. goes. I hate to say it, but I am. You're my wife. That's what you're saying. My wife is you. My wife will my wife will say, Hey, today's a great beach day. Let's just go to the beach. Let's go up to the room, grab some dinner, and then that's it. We don't have to do anything else. I'm I'm like the energizer bunny. I can't yeah. I can't stop. So Yeah. I gotta have some downtime. I've gotta have downtime. Of course, because I don't get it like during the the normal day, I don't get downtime. You know, during the week, I don't really get downtime. Yeah, I get that feeling completely. Uh, yeah, I understand. Roe the other day or today, Roe uh, from uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt mm -hmm. posts on Twitter. I have this weekend off. I haven't had a weekend off in years. What do, what did you do on the weekends? And I just about, I, man, I sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> well, it also comes down to you ride your bike all those many miles. So you need to rest. I don't yeah. exercise near as much as you do. Uh, so I've done 67 miles this week and I still oh. have Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So. And you're wearing your Boba Fett Columbia? Is it Columbia jacket? Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, it's the Columbia. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, it was raining earlier today, so I put that on. And then, of course, I got in here, and I was in a hurry because I've been out doing things and wanted to get here and be able to record with you. And I walked in, and I was like, my wife said, can, can you turn the thermostat down a little bit? She, yeah, you could take your jacket off. <laughs> it's my Boba Fett jacket. And That's look, right. I got, oh, got my going Mando, a full theme uh, there. Mythosaur t-shirt on. Yeah, that was a coincidence, actually, but... Uh, I mean, you know, if it's raining, I've got to put the Boba Fett jacket on because that is the rain jacket I have. So. Understood. I yeah. have a I have a favorite jacket, which mm -hmm. um, I will be I wore it for the first time. Well, I wore it now that I've updated it. I wore it for the first time to the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary movie I went to because it was sprinkling mm -hmm. and raining when we went. But it is my favorite jacket. I've had it for 10 plus years. It's an Under Armour jacket, but mm -hmm. it had the logo of the company I used to work at on it. And I said, I don't want to keep that logo on me for the rest of my life, even though it's my favorite jacket. Yeah. So I went and got the Luke Skywalker, the, um, gosh, what's it called? The logo is on his X-Wing helmet. Um, okay. The little, yeah. the little Phoenix thing. The Phoenix. I got yeah. that. I put that patch over the old company's logo. So now it is an Under Armour jacket with the, the Star Wars logo on it. And it is unique and one of a kind. It is a one of a kind. Which is redundant. So, Yes. Unique and one of a kind, correct. Yes. Um, but yeah, it. So I'm really, I'm really kind of feeling good about it. Can't wait to have it at uh, I C with me. Not that I'll need oh, yeah. it, but I want to show it off. So now you said you you wore it to your screening of the Return of the Jedi re-release. Mm -hmm. uh, that means it came to Indianapolis. It did. It did. Okay. It was. Um, so I'm silly enough that uh, some friends of mine and I really like movies, and we bought the Regal Pass uh, yes. for Regal movies. Yes. And so we get to see as many movies as we want for $18 mm -hmm. a month, which when movies cost $14 and $15 a piece, yeah. you go see two and you're ahead of the game. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then, of course, Return of the Jedi is on AMC only. And Oh, was that what the, is that what the deal was? Yeah. It was only at AMCs? Okay. Yep. Because I know it was a light, light release, and I know they didn't get it here because we don't have an AMC, but I didn't know if it was just because there was nothing but AMC. Yeah, so uh, here I am going, oh, I could use my pass. No, I can't, no. So I actually had to pay full price, which was fine. My wife had never seen Return of the Jedi in the theater. Um, obviously, and you still married her? Well, I mean, you know, she was 10, 11 when Return of the Jedi came out. And she which was a is girl. a proper, proper age. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she ever watched a Star Wars movie until we were dating, so... Um, so I thought, what a great time to get her to see this. She's seen the sequels and the prequels with me in the theater, but she had not seen one of the original trilogy movies. So when I saw this opportunity, I was like, we should go. We should go, and you should see it in the theater. And uh, so we did, and it was fun. It was a good time. Good, good. And you saw um, it twice, correct? 
I saw it twice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, we don't have an AMC here and that's why I'm always amazed when people, I just went to the AMC and so oh, that must be nice. Um, so I, I started looking at it and, um, I noticed there was a, it was coming to orange park in Jacksonville and that was the closest movie theater to me that it was. And it's about an hour and 10 minutes away. So it's not ridiculous, but it's not good either. And, um, they had a 1230 show. And I was like, yeah, I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's Friday, and I kind of do a split day on Friday anyway, as uh, um, Steve Glosson erroneously said uh, on the Deuce cast the other week that I go in at 5.30 in the morning. That is incorrect. I'm at the studio at 4 in the morning. Oh. Um, which, by the way, can I tell you something about Steve Glosson before I finish the story? Well, yes, of course. This is kind of the, this is where I let you and Steve be the sound. Mm. I'm your sounding board. So go right okay. ahead. Steve Glosson is an enormously wonderful human being. He is funny. He is creative. He is insightful. And he is a tremendous friend. That's what I'm going to say about Steve Glosson. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I love, I, I love Steve Glosson. I cannot wait to post this. I mean, that's going to, that's going to rile up the entire internet right there. I know. I love the, he is a wonderful, he's just genuinely a great human being. Um, you mean the guy who hmm? does impersonations of you on every podcast he's on is that he's a great <laughs> human being. And his, and his impression of me has become, it's kind of like Dana Carvey's George Bush became mm -hmm. George Bush. Like George Bush wasn't George Bush anymore. Dana Carvey's George Bush was George Bush. Now Steve's me has become everybody's me. I even think I heard your son trying to be Steve, be yes. you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, okay, no, but uh, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. Anybody who is a friend of Steve's is a richer person for having him in their lives. That's what I'm going to say. I, anyway. I really, I really like that. And I will tell you, um, mm -hmm. I brought this up to you and him before, uh, you know, when I, 12, 13 years ago, when I first started listening to podcasts, when I first started catching on to, wow, there's people out there speaking about the same things that I like, mm -hmm. your Star Wars stories, uh, his Geek Out Loud, the, those were some of the first ones that I kind of caught on to, and I caught on to you guys from, whether it was Rebel Force Radio or uh, Star Wars Report or whatever, you know, it's just like yeah. all this little community, Yeah, and and I will I will go on top of that and say, that not only is Steve that kind of a person, but you are. So I know now, everybody's going to think we're being all mushy, but <laughs> but you guys, let's face it, uh, three years ago, you didn't know who Joe and Rule of the Galaxy was. And with a, a simple typing on the keyboard to say, hey, guys, I love what you guys have done. Would you ever want to be on our show? You guys never blinked an eye. You just said, heck, yeah, let's go. Let's have some fun. And yeah. we've been talking for three years since. So, I mean, yeah. I, I would agree with you on Steve and I'll, I'll throw kudos your way as well, because oh, a lot well, of people, you. you know, a lot of people, whether it's in podcasting, whether it's in social media, whether it's in YouTube, they don't give you the time of day. They're like, no, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get my hits and my numbers. I don't really want to waste time with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And see, I don't, and Steve and I don't care about that, <laughs> but I will, you know, it's funny. Cause you said, uh, you know, you've heard of this and whether it was rebel force radio or, you know, I've never been on rebel force radio. Really? I guess it was just never... my imagination. Like no, maybe well, I mean, Glosson people... brought you up on it. No, it's just he does. And he and, and Jimmy will bring me up every so often. Uh and Steve will occasionally say, Hey, I was talking to Jimmy the other day. He says they gotta have you on. And I'll go, Okay. And then I never get the call. <laughs> I have never once like and it's it's all right, whatever, you know, uh, because it's still probably my favorite Star Wars podcast on the planet. But uh <laughs> I've never I've never been on there, I've never been invited on there, I've never it's never happened and i've done podcasts with jimmy before but it's never i don't know and i don't know what that is but yeah it's never that's just it's but the weird thing is like a number of people have said to me yeah you know i knew you from hearing you on rebel force radio i've never been on there so it's like you could not have heard me on rebel force radio but i appreciate that we but i we guess heard, we heard of you, know, you but yeah there. but i'm like you know steve's a friend and i've done things with steve riley's a friend i've done things with riley they've both been on so I guess it's just one of those things, you know, Bray's a friend. Adam and, Bray. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, you know, and he's been on, 
So I guess people just associate me with those guys and just assume that I have been on when I have not actually ever been on. It's just kind of a weird thing. It it is weird. You know, I last year in mm-hmm. at the ICC, um, Jason and Jimmy were there doing their show live. That's right. We, That's we right. We were doing our show live, and so mm-hmm. I reached out to them and said, "Can can we get five minutes when we're down there?" They said, "Yeah." And we both had a break between our show, their show. And so they were going out looking at some toys. And I said, hey, guys, I'm Joe. We did the introduction thing. We talked for an hour in a hallway just about everything Star Wars, about all kinds of collecting, super great guys. Um, and I I couldn't have been happier to just sit there and go, wow, this is really cool because I listen to you guys every week. But it's funny because my son, who started the show that we're on right now, yeah. um, I'm not sure he really catches all of our episodes. But I will text him and say, hey, what's going on? Hey, I'm listening to Rebel Force Radio. What do you need? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it, man. You know, speaking, show the love. Speaking of, speaking of all of your episodes, and you mentioned you took some time off, does D-Doc just not have a day job? Is that what's going on there? Because <laughs> he, like, always seems to be able to just jump up and host Rule the Galaxy at a moment's notice. Is that – does he, does he so live off funny. the fat of the land? What is, what's going on there? D-Doc is, um, I guess he's kind of an independent contractor, you know, with his plumbing and his do-it-yourself stuff. And uh, he, because we record at night and his kids are little, they, he, he's able to put them to bed and, and then run the show. But it's it's so funny looking back at that. And that was one of the things I wanted to kind of talk about today. So it just it's funny you brought that up is, you know, the, the friends we make and the things we do in the podcasting world of the Star Wars community, you know, two years ago, uh, Labor Day weekend, I received this from DDoc. And I know you can't really see it. I mean, it's 3D, it's all wood, everything like mm-hmm. that, right? But oh, yeah. DDoc was a listener of our show and he said, Man, I love what you guys do. I do kind of woodwork stuff. I do do it yourself stuff. You know, do you mind if I send you something? I'm, sure. And when it showed up, it showed up on race day. And after mm-hmm. race day, I did a quick filming, un, you know, opening it up and everything like that, and then posted it out there. And then we had him on like a week or two after that. And mm. he's, he's been with us ever since. I think, I think show 96 is when he got on the show and, oh, wow. okay. and he lives in Philadelphia and we live, all of us live in Indianapolis. We are going to meet in two weeks at the ICCC for the first time face to face. But you would, you would think, I mean, yeah, Alfie and I text with D doc 30 times a day. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like, I feel like I've known him since I was a little kid, but honestly, uh, we've known for two years and we've never wow. met face to face. So, yeah, I would never but, have known that, but D-Duck's a great host and he's just very natural mm-hmm. because he has, does the TikTok. He's very natural, uh, in front of the camera on the mic. And so when I need to take a break, which with work and family and grandkids now, cause I'm old, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, every now and then I've, I've got to break away and he does a great job. And so I can't. Yeah. No, he does. So. And plus he's, he's, you know, he's workshopped that little studio of his into oh. a, a nice little bit of eye candy too. So it's gorgeous. Like that. Yeah. yeah. If I get but, to Philly, uh, I'll go check that out. But right now that's not in the plans to get out to Philadelphia anytime soon. So, yeah. But, but yeah, you've done a great job on yours. Mine, I've just thrown together. You know, most of mine are either things that people gave me or things that I made myself. Like that R2 and Darth Maul, I drew those Mm -hmm. in college because I went back to school when I was older and I had Mm -hmm. to take an art class because I guess I never Ah. took one. So I I drew those. My brother, Tony, did this at-at on on his own by hand. Uh, That's my wallpaper from 1978 that my mom kept Uh, a roll of and I I put it into a frame. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that. You don't understand. I was eBay shopping not too long ago <laughs> for Star Wars wallpaper. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and here's why. And I don't know if G-Man knows this or not. And it's actually a, a little bone of contention with the wife and me. Um, okay. One day, my son will move out. Now, I, will. I don't know if that day will actually happen while I'm alive, but I know that it will happen <laughs> one day. And, uh, I told my wife, cause she's like, well, what do you want to do? Cause she wants me to put my studio in my office up there where his room is. Um, cause it's got a really big, it's got a big closet, which would make a good sound studio. But I really like being here. I like being a, on the, I'm on the first floor of the house. There's, sure. I got a bathroom, right. That's kind of part of 
the, the, my office is kind of set off from the rest of the house, the way it's designed. It's yeah. like, you know, all the living stuff. And then over here on the other side of the kitchen is my office. Uh, but I got my own little bathroom back here. I got my own little space and I like having my territory over here. I'm sure. bad about having, needing to have my spaces. Uh, but she keeps wanting me to move up there and I'm going, no, I've got a plan for that bedroom. I want to make it uh, like we went to, I guess it was celebration 2017 in Orlando. Um, right. And sand suites uh, Rancho mm -hmm. Obi-Wan display was a bedroom. If you remember. I, and I've seen the pictures I, of it. I didn't go to that one. Oh, oh, it was wonderful. And, uh, and, and, and he's just a great guy too. Um, but I want to do something like that up there. I want to make an authentic, like 1980 oh. kid bedroom complete with, and star Wars, you know, star Wars, wallpaper, star Wars, sheets, star Wars, curtains, star Wars, toys on the shelves, you know, and just, and do, and, yeah. and some kind of a shag carpet type thing. Like the just, kids, uh, like the kids bedroom in Argo. Do you remember that? In Arco, yes, he had all yes. the Star Wars stuff in it. Or like the yeah. kids' bedroom in Poltergeist, really. <laughs> really? You know, because th that was of the era. But yeah, and I want to do that with everyone. She's like, we're not doing that. I'm like, why? It would be amazing. It would be wonderful. Like, it would show up on the internet. People would take pictures of it because it would be so cool. We could Airbnb it because people go, I want to oh. stay in the Star Wars bedroom with the toys and the, you know. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that's actually ever going to be able to happen. But for that, that mm -hmm. very reason I was actually looking up the old wallpapers on, and there are still people selling unused rolls of it on eBay, believe it or not. Um, but yeah. yeah, I want to do it all authentic. I don't want to do any repro. Yeah. I don't want to do anything new. Uh, I want to do everything like straight up from back then. Um, but I, I'm facing a little bit of an obstacle there. You get it set up. And when I come down that way, I will definitely, I'll definitely try to stay in that room. Cause okay. All that right. Sounds that's awesome. fair. That's fair. I mean, we've got a, we've got a, you know, we've got a guest room already. And that's the other reason why I don't see why I can't just do that in that room because we've already got a guest room. It's okay. But for some reason there's a, there's a squabble about that. But anyway, back to return of the Jedi in Orange yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah. You went twice, um, hour and a half away. Yeah. Well, it was, it's, it's about an hour 10. There was a 1230 show and I was like, you know, I split my Fridays. I really would like to go see it. I really like to just go ahead and just knock it out during the day, stop by the comic shop because I, I don't, we don't have a comic shop here. They have a bunch of good comic shops down there. The best of which, in my opinion, is Gotham City Limit, just in case you ever, you're ever in Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, and the reason I say that, because they're good, I mean, Coliseum of Comics is good. You know, they're good comic shops. Gotham City Limit is the best because, A, they've got a dog, and B, um, Ben, the owner, orders so much stuff that you know, cause I can only get down there every couple of months or so. And he never doesn't have what I need. Gotcha. Cause you know, he never sells out of anything really because he orders so much. So I always go there first. And then after that, I usually don't need to go anywhere else. Cause I got everything I wanted there. <laughs> um, but, um, anyway, so yeah, I thought oh, I'll do that. I'll do the 1230. So I kind of had my heart set on doing 1230. Kind of had my day built around that. And then, uh, you know, I said to the, Mrs. Reif, and I said, you want to go see Return of the Jedi in Orange Park? She said, no, I'll pass. And I kind of thought that would happen. Uh, and I said to G-Man, and I, and I was a little unsure because I didn't know if he would really want to go or not. Um, and I said, do you want to go? Because I do know that's his favorite Star Wars movie. But I also know he's, you know, he's a sophisticated grown-up and, you know, all that. You want to go see Return of the Jedi in Jacksonville? He said, yeah. I was like, oh, crud. Because he's got a big boy job now. Yeah. Yeah. So on Fridays, he works nine to five, like, like grownups are supposed to, or eight to five, or whatever it is. And uh, so I was like, okay, great. So I'm not going to the noon show, but I'm worried about the evening shows. And I was trying to worry, work out how it would work out because I didn't want to go to the 9 30 because I would not stay awake during a 9 30, regardless of what movie it was. And because uh, I get up at 3 30 every, every yeah. morning. And uh, um, so what happened with the AMC here, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today. What happened with the AMC? In, in Orange Park was they had originally it was 1230, 330, 630, I thought, well, he gets off at five. It's going to be tight to get to that 630. But then all of a sudden they started to open up 215, 715. You know, they started opening up more and more shows of this thing. Now, why is that? Because they're selling and they're selling bigger than they thought they would. Mm -hmm. um, so I grabbed onto the 715 and I went, okay, I really still want to go see the 1230. So I went ahead and got the seven, the 1230 tickets. I drove down to Orange Park, saw the show, stopped and grabbed a couple of comics, drove back to Brunswick, picked up G-Man, drove back down to Orange Park, 
So I was on the road almost five hours, just going back and forth between the two during the day. Uh, and we saw the 715 show. So I got my fill. I got my fill of Return of the Jedi that day. You know, um, on on one of our most recent shows, we were talking about this. And I think, you know, for all the hits or misses that Disney has done since 2012, right? It was 12, right? Uh, Yeah, the acquisition was announced in 12. Yeah, Yeah. October 30th, 2012. Yeah. Yep. So um, with all those, I mean, Mm -hmm. can't they see that if every five years on the anniversary, you know, like the the three and the eight for for Return of the Jedi, the the zero and the five for Empire Strikes Back, the seven and the two for Star Wars, even now with the prequels and if you want with the sequels, just limited engagement, one week only, or, you know, one weekend to the next weekend. I really feel like it's easy money for them to do that. And they don't really gonna, have to work that hard at it. I'm going to go you one better. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. It's it's very weird to me how people continue to underestimate Star Wars. And it is a history going back to day one that people <laughs> underestimate Star Wars. And I don't know why. I mean, it, it certainly has transformed the culture, mm-hmm. right? But yet people misunder, misunder, misunderestimate it. Thank you. I just, I just George Bushed it. Wow. Um, people underestimate it every time okay so so universal has first you know right of first refusal on this thing right after american graffiti right they don't want it nope they don't want it takes laddie at 20th century fox to say all right we'll do it but we're not going to give it a you know huge budget so they do their thing they get it done oh what about the toys hey who cares about the toys take the toys we don't care take the toys look at toys toys don't sell related movies right yeah what do we sell it would like five Planet of the Apes toys? Come on, let's. <laughs> TV's where the toys are at. That's why the $6 million man sells so well. So, um, you know, it, again, underestimating Star Wars. And then, of course, Lucas does Empire himself, does Jedi. Um, Star Wars goes away. The dark times, you know them quite well. Mm-hmm. And uh, then 1991 comes out, and uh, Phantom Spectra decides they're going to do this novel trilogy with Timothy Zahn. You might have heard of that book. Yep. And, uh, it, you know, when I got to meet Timothy Zahn at, at uh, Celebration Orlando in 2017, that was one of the things we talked about was, and he was telling everybody, because, you know, I brought him my my first edition of the book, you know, my day of release book, and uh, to get him to sign it. And he said, he said, you know, this thing was marked down to 15 bucks. That's when they released it, it was 15 bucks. And the reason was because they didn't think anybody would buy it at the regular price of 1995. Mm-hmm. So Bantam marked it down to 15 bucks. <clears throat> then put it out and what did it do it exploded right day one exploded they totally underestimated it 1997 star wars the special edition comes out that's ah, special edition what do you care we'll do it we'll do empire in three weeks we'll do jedi two weeks later we'll get them out there we'll rush them through the theaters we'll make a few bucks we'll get out of you know we'll get out of it i think they spent 20 million total i think it's been 10 million uh refurbishing star wars and then five each on the other two and, you know, so if they make 50, they've done fine right? On, on a movie that they, you know, they really didn't have to invest a whole lot in. So Star Wars opens at 30, 30 million, which in 1997 is in January, <laughs> January 31st, 97 is huge numbers. Right. And three weeks later, when they were ready to release Empire Strikes Back, they weren't ready to release Empire Strikes Back because Star Wars was still kicking butt, but they couldn't do anything about it. Right. So they, okay, fine, February 21st. Now, March 7th is supposed to be Return of the Jedi, and they made the smart call and pushed it back a week, if you remember, to March 14th. And they did that because they had no idea when they set those dates that these things would blow up like they did. So then we get to this this past April 28th. They release it in not even 500 theaters, like 460-something theaters, I think. And as you say, all AMCs. And by the way, you know, they had to add screens in Orange Park in order to meet the demand. So here we go. We're going to throw this out there. We're not going to advertise it. We're not going to do anything to, you know, the fans know it's there and they'll go find it. And that's that. I get there that day at noon and it's not a full theater at 1230, but it's, it's pretty okay. 
And then that night it's sold out and all the shows around it are sold out. And I get there and people are cosplaying and they're bounding and you know, this thing racks up. What did it do? What did it do for the opening weekend? 5 million? Yeah, it was, it it was in the top five of movies. It was was 10,000 a screen, which is an insane amount of money. I think it was the highest per screen average of the major releases that week. Wow. And by far, and again, you know, had they released it for more than a week, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, right. and maybe advertised it, this thing would have blown up huge for them. We uh, that, underestimated that, Star Wars again. It amazed me when I was sitting there going, I only know about it because people are putting things on social media and things like that, that it's coming out. You know, I was mm-hmm. actually, I was finishing up my trip in Gulf Shores. So it came out when I was in Gulf Shores. I had to get back. And then I was like, well, it's only going for another few days. I mm-hmm. have to go see it before they close it down. Um, but yeah, there was not a lot of pub at all. And you no. think maybe one commercial or maybe on Disney Plus, maybe you yeah. would be putting that out there. Or maybe on the Disney Channel, you'd maybe yeah. be putting that between each kid show. But no, none of that. They put the poster art on Return of the Jedi when it came out. Mm-hmm. The guy who did the poster, who also did the Empire poster, both of which are just gorgeous, gorgeous posters. Um, he pointed out that Disney plus had changed the artwork for Jedi out to that poster that day. But other than that, I mean, and that's not an advertisement. That's not see it in theaters. That's just like, Hey, dial it up here. Doesn't it look great? Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is about star Wars that it continually is underestimated. And, and you would, you don't think about that when you think about again, how transformative it is, how you can't, if you go out anywhere, you're going to see somebody wearing a star Wars t-shirt. If you're out for two hours, in any kind of a crowded area, you're going to see Star Wars t-shirts. Yep. Uh, you know, you you see Star Wars is everywhere, so you don't really think of it as being something that's underestimated, yet it is every single time it's underestimated. I would agree with you. It's it's just kind of crazy. I, I look at it and I think to myself, um, I did a poll recently on Twitter, and mm. I said, okay, guys, I'm not a completionist in a lot of things, but one of the things mm. I really am a completionist is I really like the the video uh, setup of all Star Wars movies, all Star Wars animated, live action, everything, right? And so I've got DVDs, Blu-rays, VHS, all those different things. But yet I can't get season seven of The Clone Wars. I can't get (laughs) The Mandalorian. I can't get Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I I get it for Disney Plus because they're saying, well, if I give that to you, there's no reason to come here, but, but there is because just like behind you with that bookshelf and just like me with my bookshelf over here, mm-hmm. I've got them displayed up there. Right. And if I want to, I go pop it in, get that nice feel, maybe watching some of the extra scenes, all those different things and take it in and enjoy it. But I put a poll up and I said, if Disney would release these in a hard copy, would you buy them? And then would you keep Disney plus? And I think it was 81% of the people who polled said, not only would we buy them, we would keep Disney Plus. Yes. 19% said, I'd buy them and I wouldn't need to keep Disney Plus. And I'm going to make a prediction percent. for you. I'm going to make a prediction for you. You're going to yeah. get your physical copies. It's easy money. I, well, here's and here's the other thing. Um, the streaming wars, this has become a thing that I've really, really, really been investing my at, at attentions into uh, of late. The streaming wars are such that they're finally starting to do what I said they were going to do at first. And that is they're starting to, the casualties are starting to mount mm-hmm. things are, you know, people are starting to, the bloodbath has been happening and people are finally starting to go, we cannot continue to bleed like this. Right. And one of the things that Bob Iger has done when he's come back to Disney and he's done some dumb things in my opinion, since he's come back to Disney, he's continued some dumb things that, you know, were the reasons why people were trying to trying to bring him back in the first place. And he's, he's done the opposite of what he should have done. Um, but one of the things he's talked about is we, you can't spend the money that people spend to create content for streaming. Uh, because on the other end, the subs just don't pay for it all. Mm -hmm. And, and you're never going to get enough subscriptions to pay for that content and make it genuinely profitable at the rate they were spending. So things have to change. One of the things that happened when the streaming war started is everybody just a 
abandoned physical media. I mean, you go to Target now and try to buy a Blu-ray or a 4K. I mean, you you have to you have to use a magnifying glass to find them. Go to Best Buy, which used oh, to yeah. be the best place in the oh. world to get discs, and now there's like a Heavy. shelf. Right. And and that's because I mean, all of the studios just they just gave up on physical media because they're going to put all their effort into streaming. But streaming, what they basically did was streaming was going to be there regardless. And so when they said, "Okay, to hell with," can I say "to hell with"? Yeah. Okay. When they said "to hell with" physical media, and we're going to put everything into streaming, what they basically said was, "We're going to take this one revenue stream that we have, and we're going to throw away this other revenue stream that we have, that is that is based on." our creating a product and selling it into the marketplace, not a subscription. One of the things that I complain a lot about is this day and age, we have, we are so subscription heavy. We don't mm. own anything. We just subscribe to everything. And the reason companies like it is because, you know, what Microsoft would put out a new version of word of, of not word, but office every few years and you'd buy it for 400 bucks or whatever. And then you'd have it for until you didn't want it anymore. And then you'd buy a new one, maybe later, maybe a couple versions later, whatever. And so every few years they'd get that influx of a bunch of $400 expenditures and then, you know, back off. But now everybody can subscribe to office and always have it updated for $10 a month forever. Right. And, and it's nice and it sounds convenient, but at the same time, you're not owning anything and you're just constantly paying for them. You never pay for it and you right. never really own anything. And, and everything's like that. Now you don't own anything. You just kind of subscribe to things. Um, you know, even like the Kindle, digital books you're subscribing a lot of people i don't do it but a lot of people subscribe to kindle unlimited so they can read whatever they want right they don't they don't even own the digital copies of the books they just you know or spotify where you just subscribe and you don't you know so people just don't own physical things well there's still a market for physical things and and subscriptions only go so far as far as you know generating revenue especially on something like movies which are very expensive and tv shows which are very expensive to produce so Disney threw that away. The other thing I think they did was they made every, you know, I've seen the complaining online of people saying, you know, they're, they're starting to put things in the vault. Now I paid for everything and they're putting it in the vault now. Well, they should never have promised them everything. And they didn't really give them everything as our Jacksonville bureau chief was, was complaining to me the other day that, you know, when he, when he signed up for Disney plus and they said everything, he thought they meant everything, all the obscure ephemera, you know, mm -hmm. the Walt Disney presents, and uh, oh, yeah. they didn't do all that. They didn't do all that. But but the truth is, one of the ways Disney made a huge amount of money was the vault. You put Snow White out. You let everybody buy it for a year or two. You put it away for seven years. When you bring it back, there's a whole new generation of seven-year-olds. And then you put it right back out again. You resell it to all those kids. Right. Uh, when it's currently, when it's permanently available on the stream, you never sell it again. You never get that bump from it again. You also don't get the cultural relevance from having it be prominent again. So Iger recognizes this, and Iger recognizes that there's a place in the market for physical media. Now, it's not as big a place in the market as it used to be because there are people who just are okay with streaming, and that's it. But you have to kind of make them want the physical media. Well, I mean, think about it. We I joke all the time because I, I haven't gotten a newspaper in, mm -hmm. I don't know, 20 years. Mm -hmm. but. My parents still get a newspaper. My yep. in my in laws still get a newspaper every There's day. There's still a market for it. Correct. Yeah. And and I'm sure twenty years from now, because I'm fifty one, twenty mm -hmm. years from now, there are going to be so many less people like me that will say, I want the Blu-rays and the DVDs and everything else that because people will be trained on the fact that, well, you don't really ever own Star Wars. It's just there, right? Yeah. Um so it might fade away, but in that meantime, I would think you would capitalize on it. Well, and and also, the other thing you do is you create a demand for it. You know, right now, some of these theatrical windows are insanely small. Some of them are, you know, 30, 45 days. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was going through my storage unit not too long ago because I'm I've got a little project going in there now. And uh, I was finding some of my old uh, POP material. You know what POP is? Retail point, term? Point of purchase. Point of purchase. That's right. POP materials for the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade release. Do you know when it came out on video? No. February 1990. Okay. For it came Indiana out May Last Crusade. Yeah. Oh, Last Crusade. Okay. Yeah. So Last Crusade came out in theaters May, I believe it was May 26th, 1989. Uh, February, the end of February 20, or 1990, it came out on video. So you're talking about, what, eight-month, nine-month window? Mm-hmm. 
from theatrical to, and so in that time they had a theatrical release that they milked forever. Then they had a second run release, which I don't know what second run theaters do anymore. I mean, I don't know how they can survive if they even do survive, if they exist anymore. Uh, I think our last one shut down here in Indy. I don't yeah, know well, if I mean, even out there. Why continue on? Because you've, you've got no product because the theatrical window is so short that by the time a movie, you know, it usually take about six weeks plus for a movie to hit second run theaters. Well, six weeks, it's on video. It's on a streaming mm -hmm. service. And see, that's the thing Disney would do is they'd, they'd put out their movie. And, and not just Disney. I mean, you know, Warner Brothers was doing day and date throughout 2021, which was insane. You know, the day it was on theaters, it was on HBO Max for nothing. Wow. Why would you go see it at the theater and pay 15 yeah. bucks when you pay 15 bucks a month and see everything they've got for free? Um, or not for free, but for 15 bucks. But, um, you know, Disney was doing that that thing where they dump it on Disney Plus at the beginning of the home video window. Well, you're not going to make any money that way. You ha you still have an opportunity. A, right. A, you're cutting these theatrical runs short. You know, one of the things, Tom Cruise had a huge fight with Paramount about the theatrical window for Maverick. And he kept saying, it's got to be big. It's got to be a long, long thing. And they're like, no, we want to dump it on Paramount Plus as soon as possible, quickly. We're gonna... He's we like, no, no, push no. Push people we... there. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, who, who won that? Tom Cruise won it. But you know who else won it? Paramount, because even though they lost the argument, they won the war because they made a butt pile of money <laughs> by losing that argument because they kept, they expanded that theatrical window at a huge window for it. So, okay, so you have the theatrical window that should be decent size. So you don't shove it out of theaters before it's time. And then you you springboard off of that to a home video sale, a home video window, whether that's voodoo with streaming or whether it's physical media, but, you know, some kind of a home video window. And right. then you put it on streaming. Yep. And, and people will be okay with it. People who are willing to wait for it to show up on streaming will wait a very long time for it to show up on sure. streaming. In the meantime, the people who don't want to wait on it for streaming, you're making new revenue off of them. How tough is this? It, it's not tough, but unfortunately, you and I are not CEOs or board members of a No, but Bob Iger yeah. recognizes this. Bob Iger has said, I, we are going to return to putting physical media out there. I, so I don't I know. Believe, yeah, I don't uh, know a Star Wars fan who wouldn't want that. I, no, I every Star Wars, Star Wars people buy that stuff. Yep. They buy it over and over again. If, you know, if, if we were upstairs where my theater room is, my little movie theater room, let's show you. I bought VHSs like you did. I bought letterbox VHSs because mm -hmm. there was the letterbox box set. Yep. I bought, uh, I bought Malaysian DVDs because it took so long for Lucas to put them out on DVD, Malaysian bootleg <laughs> DVDs. I bought, I bought the regular DVDs. I bought the DVDs with the old cuts on them. I bought uh, the Blu-ray box set. I bought individual Blu-rays because they put them out in these neat steel books. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I bought. I know I bought another set after that, and then I bought the uh, I bought the the 4K set. So I mean, you know, I've bought the trilogy now nine, ten times. <laughs> And I keep buying the same thing over and over again. When you have an opportunity to sell somebody who will do that, you you say, mm -hmm. well, gee, you think he'd buy a Mando season one box set? Hmm. You think he'd buy Book of Boba Fett? Didn't really love Book of Boba Fett, but anal completist. Well, you, you, put, you put some nice little artwork in it. You maybe put a couple cut scenes. You put, put a bonus uh, in it. Yeah. yeah. Put a little, you know, commentate, commentation or commentating. Commentary behind of it. Yeah. and Favs. All day I'd watch I'd that. Watch it a hundred times. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the the thing about you remember after Mando season one came out when we, they had mm -hmm. that great gallery where they talked yep. about every episode and went over every single thing, right? Mm -hmm. They they of course cut back to only one after season two, yep. uh, and I don't think we've heard anything about a season three version of that. I haven't but seen it. No, real Star Wars fans, the people that run podcasts, listen to podcasts, read the books. All those kind of things, collect the toys. We want that. We'll pay for those things. Yes. And here's the thing. <laughs> Bob Iger realizes that now. He didn't realize it when he launched Disney Plus. But he he gets now that there is a value to having physical media out there because it is a guaranteed revenue stream that they just don't have. That They literally took and threw away. 
You're 100% right. I mean, it's thrown away. And I, look, I yeah. get it because I have Apple Music and it doesn't matter how many songs I put on my phone or whatever, it's there. But mm -hmm. I was, obviously, if I ever get rid of my Apple products, that's all gone, mm -hmm. right? My daughter, who's 20, has an entire bookshelf filled with albums. Mm -hmm. She's 20. She's got the albums from when I was growing up, but she's got the albums now because artists are coming back and saying hey look at that source of revenue that we can still yes they're on their yep. phones but now they have the album sitting in their room as well yep yep and the, uh, and i think that's probably one of the reasons lp sales you know have been pushed i mean look, look i see some of these guys and i'm sure this is not your daughter but i see some of these guys they'll go buy this record and brag about having the lp and then they'll put it on a 50 dollars crosley turntable and, uh, you know, you're look at the superior sound of the, and then well, like a plastic needle or some crap like that. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, but they think that there's, you know, they've created this, this, sure. uh, this cachet about it. And so people want it. And that's, you know, that's the job of a marketer is to make people want products. Well, guess what? There's already a built-in want for yep. physical media. All you got to do is give it to us and we will buy it and we'll buy Clone Wars season seven. And we'll buy Mando seasons one through three. Even people who claim to have hated it, they will buy. I have, I was looking through the shelf. I have two copies of Last Jedi. I hated Last Jedi. <laughs> I have two copies of it. No, I'm sorry. I have three copies of it. Because wow. I bought a steel book and I bought a, a limited edition of it. And then I bought the 4K version. I have three copies of Last Jedi. That's my least favorite Star Wars film. But I have it. So, you know, it, and I have it three times. So yeah, physical media will sell. They just, yeah. and Disney gets it. And, and I am telling you Good. that in the coming years, you're going to see book of Boba. I, my belief, you're going to see book of Boba Fett on disc. You're going to see Mando on disc. You're going to see Ahsoka on disc. You're going to see all that stuff. And and I, I hope they'll go back and finish up things like, uh, you know, giving us an actual HD version of, you know, the Lego, the, the Freemaker adventure season two. Cause we never got a, you know, we only got a DVD of that. Look at you. So, you even go yeah. further than I do. That's, oh, one of the things I, that's one of the things I'll say, you know, you talked about you and Steve, you and um, Steve earlier. I like, I run a podcast, but I, I only go so deep. Like I'm like, Oh, I know a lot about star Wars. And then I talk to you guys and I go, Oh crap. I don't know that much about star Wars. No, yeah. no, <laughs> but I, no, I'll listen to some of these podcasts and these guys will start talking about these background characters and their entire history. And I'm going, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know anything there. I'm done. So yeah, it's it's funny. There's so much there that you can have your little area and there are still vast swaths that you don't have any idea about. And uh, that's kind of what's neat about the whole thing. It's yeah. such a big, big galaxy at this point. Well, guys like you and me, I mean, you know, you look at, um, you know, like Jackson is one of my favorite characters, oh, right? As yes. silly as yes. in Star Wars, Jackson is for me as a mm -hmm. seven-year-old, when I saw mm -hmm. that comic come out, and he was on the front cover with them, you know, all lined up together and Don Quixote and all that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't care what this is. I'm in love with it right now. And to be yep. able to get the Jackson. Now, do I wish they would have made a Jackson, you know, animated style instead of this realistic style? Yes. Yes. But yes. I still have Jackson now, which I'm yep. really happy that I could get that. But But you and I, you know, we love the Marvel. We love the... We love the Brian Daly series. We love, yes. you know, those kind of things. I mean, I even love the the Lando series, the little paperback Landos from what eighty two or something like that. Eighty one, eighty two. Started, I think, started those eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I look at those, and that's some of my favorite stuff. And you're talking about people, what they, you know, the cachet of. Look at me, I'm this cool guy with a record player. Mm. I think I'm kind of cool because I've got copies of all those things that mm -hmm. you know oh, mean yeah. something to me. So yeah. Absolutely. And, but, you know, again, books, they still sell books. They do. So, you know, at some point they'll still sell, they will start selling discs again. My, my firm belief, I could be totally off the deep end on this, but I think Iger gets that. I think he realizes that they've got to find more ways to, to monetize that content. I think that's also one of the reasons things are going to go back in the vault because, uh, you know, you can watch Cinderella anytime you want. You shouldn't be able to watch Cinderella anytime you want. You know why? <laughs> Cause it should be special. Yeah. You know, oh, you shouldn't like be that. able to watch Aladdin anytime you want. It should be special. You so, should be able to watch the new Aladdin anytime you want, just not the old Aladdin. Yeah, you can watch it all day. But see, they didn't do what <laughs> I thought they should have done in the first place. 
I don't think they should have had Will Smith as the genie. I, I could have made a really? better Aladdin movie than they made. Yeah. Yeah. I Here's what you do. See, because right. you got a CGI genie anyway, right? Yep. Here's what you do. You take Robin Williams outtakes from the original film. Because you know he was improvising all over those scripts, oh, yeah. throwing out stuff. You know that they wrote stuff for him that never got used. He recorded. You know there's probably a gajillion years worth of outtakes from that that film. You create a CGI genie and use Robin Williams' unused dialogue mm. in the film and make that kind of part of the marketing. You know, get the family involved and and say, look, we want to use this likeness for the genie. We want to use this part and and you know make it a big tribute to Robin Williams. Now the movie did great, so I, you know it's. It did, but you you, you know as well as I big know. Big money. When you got the original, that original with Robin Williams was something, it was a genie in a bottle, if I can yes, say that. Yes, yes, yes. It, it, it was it, very it, special. I, it was. I mean, you're sitting there going, I'm an adult, and I love Robin Williams, mm -hmm. and he's taking this to another level, like, yes. to where adults like it and the kids like it. It it was great. And my son was just old enough to where it was a very important thing to him. He loved Aladdin growing up. I'm sure your son was close to that age as well. That Aladdin was, well, he was, your son's a little bit younger than my son, I believe. Yeah. So he probably came in after that. But yeah. Um, so I know we don't have a ton of time. I was going to throw, you brought this up about the Robin Williams. And, mm -hmm. and I, I'm going to keep it short. Like I said, I got to zoom back to some other things, but I just want us to have this nice little, nice little chat, just you and I. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure you and I have ever spoken about this, but bringing up Robin Williams. And putting that voice into a updated Aladdin, what were your what would be your thoughts on? I know on Disney for a while they've been doing, and I think it's on the YouTube channel, where they've been doing snippets of Star Wars in animated style, but mm -hmm. using the voice from the original movie. Yeah, what was it? The, is that the Galaxy of Adventure stuff? Is <clears throat> that what that was? That what yeah, was I don't, called? I I don't know. They were like two minute segments of of yeah. the actual movie, but they had. Like Luke's voice, but it was an animated style where they could pause and do some dramatic things with the artwork and all that. So I don't yeah. remember that. It was snippets. Again, I think it was on Disney YouTube. Would you ever be against them bringing out the animated version of the original trilogy, but using the voices from the original characters? Like, go ahead and taking the same sound effects. And maybe that's a weird, stupid idea. But I, again, talking about new revenue streams, think of the. Could you make the advancements with the Clone Wars type of animation and things like that mm -hmm. to where what you could do with the original trilogy, but still have the same, still have Mark Hamill, still have Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Alec Guinness, so on and so forth as the voice, but just have the animated scenery going on. Do me a favor, Joe. Yeah. Never speak of this again. Okay. Because it's the kind of thing that they would do. It's the kind it of thing they would do. And it's the kind of thing they would probably make good money off of. But boy, I don't want them to do it. Because <laughs> I because I the Galaxy of Adventures thing just it got kind of ridiculous. And they and you know, there was that the, the one famous one that I really didn't care for, and I think a lot of people didn't care for is when they were doing the the swing, you know, the rope swing across the chasm. Ah, uh, yes. And Luke's tying himself up and Leia's got to slam him back in order to you know, save him. And then she swings correct. across and it, I it don't want to see all that. Nonsense. It wouldn't be done in the proper way. You are hundred percent correct. The if done to where you just upgraded everything into a better visual, I, I could see it, but mm. you're right. They would not do that. They would go to where Luke was a bumbling they would have idiot. To modernize it. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. You know what? I'm going to put the brakes on it. I, well, here, here's I'm, the thing. I'm, 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 <laughs> You know, and we always talk about one of my complaints about a lot of the things they do with Star Wars is that they're too of this era. A lot of the things, you know, and I'm not knocking Disney Star Wars because I I consume all of it uh, just yeah. about and and I enjoy most of it. But there is a lot of it that I will look at and I go, that is too of this era when Star Wars was always timeless and should be mm -hmm. and should remain timeless. So it should be a thing that when I make this in 20 years, is it going to still have the exact same effect is it still going to seem exactly the same and you can say that about the original trilogy i think i think with the exception of a digital effect or two you know and, and that's the thing maybe a sure. special effect or two but i think you could even say that about the sequel trilogy at this point yeah but i don't know that you're going to be able i say that you can say it about the prequel trilogy i don't know that you'll be able to say it about the sequel trilogy i don't know that you'll be able to say it about all of the tv stuff that they're doing right now yeah um 
but the timelessness I think would go away if they did what you're proposing. Well, and I think you're probably right. I just, when you said the Robin Williams things, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, could they, I don't know. They could, but yeah, they could, um, and, they, and they would, if they heard you say it, but I think, I think so well, sh- nobody listens to this show, so it won't matter. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, thinking about it, going back to what you said earlier about mm-hmm. um, underestimating Star Wars, and, I, and I'll go to this. I think part of the reason that people underestimate Star Wars is because that underlying, those underlying tenets of Star Wars about um, good versus evil, uh, family, uh, found family or regular family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but something mythological, something bigger than yourself, I really think the reason that people underestimate it is because a lot of people can't let themselves go and be a part of that and feel a part of that. And the people who get it, that's why we get it. That's yeah. why you said it still is there as big as it is. So so can it be that there are people who view it as a product of an era when in fact it is timeless yep. and that's where they miss the boat? They say, oh, this is this is of that era. It's That era is gone and done. It's not going to do anything when, in fact, the truth is it's timeless. So once you put it out there, that timelessness takes hold. Is, is that kind of what you're, yep. you're getting yeah. to on that? 100%. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Well, good. Good. Okay. Well, <sighs> I look, we, you and I are solving solving the Star Wars world problems right now. So mm-hmm. I, I wish I could go for longer. But again, this is a cutaway little just conversation here today. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on in the Scott Rifle world before we break away? Anything new? Anything different? Are you going to be getting new guests for my Star Wars story ah. when you have time? Um, <laughs> are you going to any new uh, conventions or anything or anything like that coming up soon? I was so hoping you were not going to ask Star Wars story question. <laughs> um, what I'm going to say of my Star Wars story is what I tweeted out, and I tweeted it out, I guess, on May 4th or 5th, and I didn't mean it for the the quote-unquote holiday, yes. but um, I just tweeted under the my Star Wars story account, not yet. Okay. And so my answer to any question on my Star Wars story right now is not yet. But what that should convey to you is an open-ended maybe. Okay. And that's what I'll say about it. And that's all I'm going to say. Well, I think I think everybody who's listened to those before, and if you haven't, they're still out there. Go check them out. My Star Wars story. Great guest. Great detail. Great passion for Star Wars in those conversations. So go check those out until the maybe occurs. Um, maybe. And as you know from being on other podcasts that I've listened to you recently, you don't have to worry about it. The invitation is here. I know you're a vampire. You've already been invited in. Anytime you want to be on Rule of the Galaxy, you know, except for Fridays during football season. Yes. And uh, maybe an occasional. (laughs) I can't do Thursdays, Fridays during football season, uh, every other Wednesday. Although I'm now free fifth Wednesday. When I originally did that, I was not free on the fifth Wednesdays, but now I'm free on the fifth Wednesdays. It's only the first and third Wednesdays that I'm not available. Okay, good. Okay, just write all that down. I will. I've got to put a spreadsheet together on it. So okay. look, man, you, uh, you're just somebody who I really appreciate in this community. And, and I can't thank you enough. I've, oh. I, I, we talk about DDoc and how we're best pals and he's in Philly and we're in Indy. Uh, you know, you're, you're part of the star Wars, South Georgia mafia there for us. We always, we always tease about that. We, we, you know, we love you like a brother from, uh, from another star Wars planet or galaxy. Uh, so anytime you want to be on, you're more than welcome. And I, I, you know, my goal is to not only meet DDoc soon, but you, Steve, yeah. uh, Lucas Butler, Shaz, I mean, you know, on and on, all these people, Michael Nip. Uh, you know, I've met so many people through you guys now that it's it's becoming even more of a community. And so I hope that our paths cross, whether it be at Disney, whether it be at a convention, or we just figure out some way to get a bunch of Star Wars guys together and hang and talk at a comic shop. So um, thank you. That. Thank you for yeah. coming on again today, last minute. And Really appreciate it. And if there's everything Rule the Galaxy can do for you, we'll have DDoc build it for you. So, (laughs) (laughs) brother, be good. Thanks a lot. Um, Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, It's always fun when we have Mr. Rifen in the the Star Wars uh, Rule the Galaxy little chamber we have here. So, uh, you know what? You know where to follow us. It's Rule the Galaxy everywhere. Every now and then it's Rule the Galaxy SW. So look that up. And uh, until next time, may the Force be with you.
so with you. Finger pointing gets us nowhere! Steve! Steve! Grab your sleeping bags and your Pop-Tarts, because it's time for... No one could have seen that coming. Definitely his just overall sense of humor, his demeanor, he just he has this amazing sense of uh, everything. You, you can't pinpoint it with Steve because he's always he's this happy-go-lucky guy and nothing gets him down. Uh, Mucho, los animales. I like animals a lot. You're listening to the Big Hawkins.